Welcome to the NASDAQ Index. My name's Camden. I'm here with my friend Nathaniel. How are you doing, Nathaniel? I'm doing all right. How are you doing? I'm doing very well today. And a good day to talk some basketball cards on a budget. We have a listener shout out. Got a message on Discord. Thank you very much. I'm not sure if it's bad form or not to mention a handle um, on here or not. But anyway, so I thank you. You know who you are. Just I like just... we don't give out our listeners fax numbers when they send us <laughs> faxes. We're not going to give out their, their Discord name. But if they want to give us their name, we'd be glad to give this listener and his wife a shout out. Yeah, thanks guys for listening. It means a lot to your support and reaching out. It's always great to, to hear from people. Uh, speaking of hearing from people, Nathaniel, can you uh, give out our email address? Yeah, our email address is nashakindex at gmail.com. So N-A-S-H-A-Q-I-N-D-E-X at gmail. And uh, giving the listeners what they want, we've got the, the popular segment, Bird of the Week. Uh, <laughs> the oi bird, it's a nocturnal bird that lives in South America and Trinidad, and it uses echolocation like a bat to fly around. How cool is that, Cameron? That's pretty cool. I, uh, I'm not sure that we're giving the listeners what they want with the Bird of the Week segment, but it is uh, always fun to hear about whatever you have planned with that. So like we're, the, giving like Nathaniel, uh, we're giving Nathaniel what Nathaniel wants. So. <laughs> All right. Well, we also have a Steal of the Week, which is where I give which a is... basketball card to Nathaniel. Well, I don't give it to him. I send him a link to a basketball card that we should buy, and then it'll be life-changing when he opens up this yeah. link to see what it is. He's doing it on the spot here. This is not giving Nathaniel what Nathaniel wants. <laughs> All right. How do you like this, Nathaniel? Okay. I actually, for Panini, this is one of the their best photography. I, I feel like Panini leaves a lot to be desired on photography, but this is the famous uh, LeBron James card, I think, from 2020 with the tribute uh, doing a dunk like Kobe Bryant did. It was an egregious price when it first came out, and now it's settled into an appropriate like $10 or whatever. Not that $10. this person... I mean, this one isn't, but that's what it is actually going for. Um, Maybe the base. Yeah. Yeah, I have no idea what this is. This is some silver hyper blah, blah, blah. It looks just like the normal one because it's a, a dumb parallel. But uh, <laughs> it's a I like... It's a nice parallel. Not in the... I mean, they took a poor photograph of showing how... If it's cool. Uh, <laughs> in any case, I like the photography on this, which is unusual for Panini. So for one of your things, I'm giving it... Six out of ten stars, Camden. All right. Well, that's pretty good. So this is card number one from that set. I really do think this uh, LeBron Kobe tribute is very iconic, and this is the Hyper Prism. It's for a cool $275 right now on eBay. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. And there's only, I mean, not of this, but of the base that people were paying $100 for at one point, there's probably only 150,000 of them in existence, so you got to get it. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. So we've got kind of an update to our All-Star one. We released it uh, a few days after, and so the KD injury hadn't actually happened when we talked about KD on the All-Star team. Also, you want to talk about some other injuries? Well, just in general of guys that one or the other of us put on the All-Star game, I was looking through it. KD, Levine, DeAndre Ayton, Sabonis, Draymond Green. All those guys are down with injuries at this point. And I would expect at least KD and probably Draymond to be out for the All-Star game and maybe Sabonis. So I don't know who to add in as All-Stars without looking through it, other than probably I would want to put Darius Garland in there. But, yeah, the All-Star game, as per usual, is is going to change based on injuries. Yeah, that's a pretty typical thing 
Uh, wasn't it Booker who made it in last year because of an injury? I think so, and maybe Sabonis as well. I forget. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. I mean, in a basketball sense, with the Nets, it'll be interesting. They have a bunch of road games coming up, so it'll give Kyrie a chance to see, you know, how they do with Kyrie and Harden leading the attack. Yeah. All right. So today we're going to do something that we haven't really talked about enough, and that's the vintage market and through the lens of retired players. So we're going to go through some of the top 75 all time, those players that the NBA just put out that list. They didn't rank them really. No, they didn't at all. Um, Speaking of this, though, I I thought we were going to be like unique in talking about vintage retired players right now but for some reason all the or several of the podcasts that i listen to about sports cards have had this topic this week like interesting um sports cards nonsense was talking about how vintage basketball's up my not at all my favorite but i sometimes listen to him sports card investor did this whole thing talking about the top 25 cards sold in each category and vintage doing the best anyway it's interesting Well, we thought we were being unique here, but I guess not. But uh, I think it's still an interesting lens to look at it through the top 75, so. Yeah, so I'm gonna start running through this list and maybe stop on a few to highlight. So we've got the oldest of the 75 players is George Mikan. He's from 1948 Bowman. We just cannot buy that card. It's incredibly expensive. Then the next major set that has top players is 1957 tops. There's six players from that set. Uh, most notably, Bill Russell and Bob Pettit. And um, Dolph Shays. you got to mention Dolph Shays. Hey, I've got that Dolph Shays card game. You really do? Yeah. Wow. I, I bought like That's this. Cool. Uh, this was cool. I bought like 10 cards from the 1957, like a lot. And I sold off all the ones I didn't care about and basically got Dolph Shays and Bill Sherman for free. Wow. It was That's cool. awesome. Anyway, uh, that Bob Pettit card I keep circling because I think it's really cool. And he's a two-time MVP, but I haven't... I haven't Pulled the trigger yet? Bill Russell, that, that though, was his, what two fifty to six fifty somewhere in there. Depending. Yeah, it was hard on these because they're they're just not a ton of sales, so I had to just go with what I could see recently. So that that two fifty to six fifty is PSA four to six, so kind of an odd choice, but it's what I could find. Right. Yeah. Makes um, sense. Bill Russell's more like for you know even medium to low grade, it's five thousand to ten thousand. So for our basketball cards on a budget, not something we can approach. <laughs> Yeah, starting it, you can get in starting at five grand, looks like for about a PSA one. <laughs> I mean, Something like that, right? I know. For yeah. one of the greatest players of all time, though, you gotta, it's a cool card for yeah, sure. Yeah, 1957, that's great. And I would definitely want a graded version of most of these cards just because I would want the authenticity. Authentication, of it. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Now, going on to 1961 Fleer, which I was telling Camden before the podcast, I think this is my favorite of all the vintage sets, like including 1986 Fleer. I think it's just so cool. Um, This one has a a bunch of the the big names. So we've got Wilt is probably the biggest name. Then the logo, Jerry West. We've got the big O, Oscar Robertson, Elgin Baylor, and then several other all-time players. These ones also can be really expensive. Uh, Lenny Wilkins, that's fairly yeah. affordable, right? You found a PSA 5 for $200. Yeah, exactly. Lenny Wilkins. I think uh, he's a three-time Hall of Famer somehow. I think he got in as a player, and a, a coach, coach, and something else. Wow. Um, anyway, Wilt Chamberlain's card goes for you know, the PSA 3 to 5 is what I saw, and it goes for 4000 to $6,000. I think it's one of the most iconic-looking basketball cards, though. He's like... 
uh, kind of squatting and staring at you in the thing. It just has a cool look. Um, yeah, the, yeah, it's a nice card. The Jerry West and Oscar Robertson are roughly the same price. They're in the, you know, like upper, you know, approaching a thousand dollars for the lowest graded cards to, you know, fifteen thousand if you can get a really nice PSA eight kind of thing. Um, yeah. And Elgin Baylor's a little bit less than that. Yeah, with these vintage cards, the condition really matters a lot. It does on every card, you know, but with these ultra modern cards. Everybody just sort of assumes that if it's graded, it's going to be a 9 or a 10 for the most part. And, but with these vintage cards, it really fluctuates. If you have a card that's in, you know, exquisite shape, you know. If yeah, you, which you almost never do. But even, like, what I would say is raw goes for, you know, whatever. Let's say it goes for 100. But then a PSA 4 is actually really good for cards from back in this era. So something like that would go for maybe $300. So it's, it, like you said, it's way different. Basically, Raw often goes for what a PSA 9 goes for for ultra-modern cards, which I think is kind of ridiculous. I'd rather have the PSA 9. But uh, uh, for these old cards, a PSA 9 is crazy. Like, yeah, you, you can't even you buy a PSA You don't really get 9. it, yeah. Like, I don't think <laughs> I've yet... very often at all. I think the first year that I even put any PSA 9s in are from, like, 1970, because you just don't find them for these really old cards. Yeah. All right, so I love the 61 set. On the whole other end of the spectrum is 1969, which has a bunch of iconic players, and I really do not like the look of these cards. They're tall boys. They're, uh, they have this weird oval that the player's photograph is in. It's all, like, a really white card, but in this kind of off-white. I don't know. I'm not a fan. This is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's rookie year. And you, uh, uh, as Lou Alcindor, right? Yeah, exactly. And I have that card in an SGC1. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, it really is cool. <laughs> I do love it. I got that when I was a kid. So was yeah. that was that difficult to, I don't know, when they have a taller card that's a little skinnier also? Did you have any problems getting that graded? No, they just put it in a different case. Like, it comes back in this massive case to fit it in. But, yeah, no problem getting it graded. They, it's common, you know, yeah. with these unusual. I don't think they're any skinnier. They're just way taller. Mm-hmm. Um, some other notable guys from 69. We've got Walt Frazier, who still does the Knicks broadcasts and is fun to listen to. Havlicek is the classic Celtic. Willis Reed had the famous comeback game. Wes Unseld's a, a former MVP. So lots of guys. I think a total of what did I put? Like eleven players yeah. rookie cards are in nineteen sixty nine. Well, you forgot Earl the Pearl Monroe. That's true. <laughs> and just so people want, if people have any questions about why so many rookie cards are in one class, it's just because there were big gaps in the production of cards. So like there weren't any cards from sixty one to uh, sixty nine. So most of these players rookie year probably wasn't actually in 69 but it's considered their rookie card yeah. if that makes sense mm-hmm. just like jordan's 986 fleer is actually his third year and we're going to talk about that because I, I have some problems with that designation but we'll get there um right. 1970 has the classic pete maravich card which i also have in a crappy condition but it's just an iconic card um 19- well there's oh the, I'm just looking at this. The uh, the range of prices is pretty incredible on this one. You found a PSA 2 and then also a Beckett 9. So that's a pretty wide range of conditions too. But you found it for 300 all the way up to 5,500. Yeah, exactly. Well, a 9 wow. is kind of amazing to get for a Pete Maravich. So I'm not surprised. Yeah. And, and there's a... 
um, versus his production in the NBA, he has a following that's, you know, he never won a championship. He was not the best team player in a lot of ways, but people love Pistol Pete Maravich. He's just sort of an icon despite that. Kind of like a Jason Williams. Or, well, <laughs> I would say Iverson accomplished more than Pete Maravich. You know, he has an MVP, he has a finals yeah. appearance. More like a Jason Williams or something who, like, people just loved how he played. I mean, he's obviously better than... Pete, I mean, Pete Maravich is better than Jason Williams, but similarly just kind of has a cult following. Yeah. Okay. So, right. And that's the only one that you have from 70, 1970 tops was Pete Maravich. Yeah, just because it was actually his rookie year, I guess, and all those other guys were in 69. Right. 71 has a few, notably Dave Cowens and Rick Barry. Rick Barry, the least liked NBA player of all time probably, <laughs> but amazing with the underhand free throw. 72 tops. This is the uh, Dr. J rookie card, which I have a, a poor version of that one, too, which is probably my coolest card. Yeah, that's, uh, that's incredible. So looks like the condition of these that you found was actually pretty good. You found a PSA 6 and a PSA 8, somewhere between $703,000. I know. I've got to say, not that I have this money to throw around, but if I did, a PSA 6 for 700 doesn't seem like a bad deal to me. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, these vintage cards are just so interesting because it's like, what is the market really? It's just kind of whatever people will pay for it. And you're not going to find a lot of these things. And the ones that you do are going to be in varied conditions. So it's, it's hard to really get comps on these things. Yeah. And then there's kind of a dry spell here of, I, I really don't like these late 70s sets that much. So Bob McAdoo's rookie, actually love Bill Walton's rookie in 74 because he's got the most like hippie look going on. It's an amazing card. Uh, Moses Malone, I think, is one of the most plain rookie cards of all time, sadly, for, for a really great player. And then we go to the, probably the most unique card on this whole list is the 1980 Magic Johnson slash Larry Bird slash Dr. J rookie card. Not Dr. J, obviously, but he's the third player in the card. Um, it's and just that not card, his rookie year. He was 72, yeah. Yeah, they just those three players were together on the because that whole year all the cards are three players in one that card is really blown up in the last couple of years and it's now the psa six to eight goes for one thousand to fifty five hundred i remember when that was not the case at all i wish i had bought some at that stage yeah that makes a lot of sense yeah as they as their legend grows <laughs> yeah um, and one and interesting as, as we as we get further and further away from that time period yeah exactly one interesting thing about that set is that you can get different combinations of the cards. So there, right, yeah. there's another version of the bird and magic that don't have the other player with them. So I actually, in the last year, got one of those of each of them, like a, you know, a Larry Bird one with I think it has like Bill Cartwright and some other guy, and mm. I forget who Magic Johnson is. So anyway, if you're a fan of Larry Bird or Magic Johnson, you can get something that is their rookie card but isn't the iconic one that has both of them on the same card. Yeah, what does that do to the value? It probably is. Oh, it tanks bit, it. Yeah, I got them I for like, I got graded like sixes for about a hundred bucks, and I think it's come down from there. That was, those are probably some of my worst purchases because I bought them like last February at uh, the very peak of the market, at the very top. Yeah. Um, I mean, not that it's bad. They're, they've not come down a ton, but they're not. I wouldn't be able to sell them for what I bought them for. Yeah. Anyway, but I think they're super cool to be able to get those rookie cards and not pay, you know, fifty five hundred dollars. <laughs> Yeah, And then we've got McHale in 81. Some people also, just to note about 81, you can get the first Larry Bird 
or a Magic Johnson card by themselves. So some people kind of consider that their secondary rookie card. So those go for more than you would expect for a second-year card. And then yeah. we get to 86 Fleer, which is so probably the, McKay- the most... That's Sorry. Uh, so the Kevin McHale, just to kind of go back to him, that one is a really affordable card. Looks like, you know, 45 to 150 for his rookie. And that's a PSA 8 or 9. Yeah, I, I thought the same thing. I kind of thought he would go for more with, uh, you know, being on those Celtics teams and Celtics having the following they do, but nope. Yeah. All right, so you were talking about 86 Fleer. Kind of the most iconic basketball set, I would say. I like. Oh, yeah. I love the look of it. It's my favorite, of the, or the second favorite of these sets behind 61 Fleer. And it technically has the rookies of Barkley and Drexler, Ewing, Malone, Elijah Wan, Isaiah Thomas, Dominique Wilkins, and most notably Michael Jordan. Of course. Um, yes. I will say I'm a stan for the star cards, which were from 83 to 86. And so you can actually get, I put asterisks by the guys that you can actually get um, a card earlier than their 86 Fleer in those sets. They're not considered official rookies because they weren't sold in packs, I guess is how that's been determined. The star cards, you mean? Yeah, they were sold like you could buy um, bags of like uh, team sets. So you could buy a Bulls team set that had, you know, 10 cards and one of them was the Michael Jordan 84 rookie card um but i i would argue star is cooler than fleer on this but that you know i'm on a niche stand with that yeah that's not the uh conventional wisdom probably and Um, another thing that's problematic for them is both psa and sgc won't grade star cards because especially with the 86 star set there was a controversy about some guy who printed some after the fact oh wow and usually you can tell those cards but anyway bgs will grade them and some of the niche companies like gma or whatever will grade them but um psa won't wow so yeah that's such an iconic set the 86 Fleer, and you really have lots of players and because of the gap in production you got players all in the same year that didn't come in to the league in the same year but so that's makes that set even more iconic you've got all these rookies from these legends Basically, yeah. the dream team. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, no, that's true, and and it's a cool looking set with a lot of good photography, like the the Jordan, you know, going for the dunk, like that's just a great shot. I will say, there's kind of an incredible pop count on these cards, like there are so many of them. Mm. That's I do worry there might be a little bit of a bubble with '86 uh, Fleer. Even like recently, PSA put out a list of the top twenty five cards graded recently by them and the michael jordan card was still on that list that worries me as someone who would kind of like to get that 86 jordan at some point it seems like is there some some shenanigans going on did they just make an incredible amount of them i don't know but uh, i am you can never not find these cards if you want to search on ebay there are a lot of 86 flares so i don't know that concerns me a little bit another weird thing about that card that is that there's also the decade of excellence card that was looks exactly the same on the front and it was released a decade later right yeah and there um, are more i mean there are other ones after that even there yeah there are lots of uh, reprints so do you have any advice for you know if you're buying on ebay just making sure that you're getting the actual card if somebody of course this isn't basketball cards on the budget unless you're buying the decade of excellence card <laughs> Um, yeah. Well, that, I mean, you can buy you can buy an Isaiah Thomas rookie or something on a budget, but uh, there is a. I'm talking if, about the Jordan. 
Oh, and the, the Jordan. Decade, and specifically the Decade of Excellence card. <laughs> Which even that card is expensive. Yeah. I think if you look at the back of the card, it says, like right above where all the stats are, it says reprinted in 1996. And I... You can tell on the Decade of Excellence. It's more the other ones. That's an interesting thing to me, again, about the star issue to keep supporting star. There are way more fakes of the Jordan Fleer than there are of any star cards. So uh, I guess my advice, if you know, like you said, it's not on a budget. But if you are trying to buy a Jordan rookie, I really do think you need to get a graded copy by a reputable grading company because the authentication is everything on that card. Yeah, that totally makes sense. All right, we better plow through these last two. 88 Fleer has several iconic rookies, most notably Pippen and Rodman. They, again, You're they're not You're conveniently playing. leaving off uh, Reggie Miller. Well, I was talking about the most relevant players. <laughs> I guess I should have mentioned Stockton over Rodman. He just doesn't have much of a following in basketball cards. Like, look how cheap his are. PSA 8 or 940 to 115 for the assist leader of all time? I don't know. So I have to ask Nathaniel, this is kind of an aside, not to uh, get off topic, but who's your, who do you like less, Reggie Miller or Russ, Uncle Russ, Russell Westbrook? Uh, now or in the moment? Because it's a little <laughs> bit harder for me to have the passion about Reggie Miller that I once had. Now it's Russ, but back in the day I really hated Reggie Miller. Because <laughs> of all those but playoff nostalgia. battles with the Bulls. Yeah, but yeah. nostalgia comes through. I didn't like Shaq back in the day, and now I do, so I don't know. Hmm. All right, so last we've got a few of these guys. So David Robinson's in 89 Hoops. Gary Payton's in 1990 Skybox. Shaq is 92. Got several rookies. So those are the junk wax era, so there are just too many of those cards for them to have much value. Shaq has a Topps Gold parallel that's kind of, if you're looking for a creme de la creme card of Shaq, that would be it. Um, then we've got that brief era where Finest was the most popular card in basketball. So 94 and 95, we've got Jason Kidd and Kevin Garnett. And then in 96, we have that iconic set. Um, the Topps Chrome is kind of the biggest one, although I would, I would argue for EX2000 being cooler. But anyway, we've got Ray Allen, Kobe Bryant, Allen Iverson, Steve Nash. And then Duncan the following year, Dirk and Paul Pierce the year after that. And then 2003, we've got Dwayne Wade. Yeah, so I'm looking at this list here, and I'm seeing that looks like Jason Kidd is about the lowest price of any of them. You can get a, a rookie for 17 bucks for a 94 finest. PSA nine, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> the ten, though, I guess if you're looking at a PSA ten, I think Gary Payton's the cheapest because yeah, this was 45 bucks, which is kind of insane. Well, it's also the year, like you said, the junk wax. It's like. That 1990, 89, 90 in there, that's kind of the pinnacle of junk wax. <laughs> yeah. And for some reason, pe- he wasn't in the Fleer set. And people, I like the Skybox better than the Fleer, but like Sean Kemp's Fleer card goes for more than a Skybox. If if Peyton had a Fleer, it would probably go for more than that. But um, yeah. anyway, I, I think maybe we should revisit this next week and talk about who we think are some potential buys from this list. I don't know that we have time for it right now. Yeah, um, no, I'm, I'm into that. Uh, looks like I just want to point out a couple more, though. Um, yeah, go for it. Like just Ray Allen, 96 Tops Chrome for 80 bucks for PSA 9. Uh, the Paul Pierce. Looks like you you found a PSA 9 for 40 bucks for the 90, 98 Tops Chrome rookie. That's kind of amazing, right? Yeah. If you go to the very top legends, you know, 
um, the Jordans and the Birds and Magic and Wilt and uh, Kareem and no, those kinds of guys, LeBron and the more modern era, those cards are a lot more money. But yeah. you, if you if you find you know kind of one of those, I guess you could call them Pantheon players that are not at the very very top, they can be quite a bit less unless they're yeah. really old. Or even like sometimes people just aren't that interested. Like Tim Duncan's uh, PSA eight to ten go for ninety to seven hundred. That guy's legit pantheon, and he's a lot. You know, he's less than Steve Nash. Um, yeah. And I love Steve Nash, but Tim Duncan's incredible. What else? I, I think that's a good point though to think about when you're investing in ultra modern cards. Is like unless you're LeBron James. Maybe I would argue Giannis, maybe Steph Curry. In a lot of ways, your value is going to fade over time, unless Luke, you're Luca probably. Luca potentially. I would argue for Jokic here, but um, unless you're one of those guys, you're probably not going to hold up in value. You're going to be Gary Payton eventually, who who was a great player in his time, but people forget. Yeah, that is the problem with. Now, of course, there's also the thing where all these sets that are ultra modern now, they, they are different than these older sets. They have more parallels and those kinds of things. So that, what's that going to do to the market of these guys as this era passes? You know, I don't really know the answer to that question, but it's something to think about. Yeah. I mean, you could kind of compare it to the first ones where we could start really comparing that is 96, I would say, or, or 90, yeah, 96 really is where there started to be an explosion of sets and um, started to be some serial numbered parallels like Flare Showcase had the Legacy Collection, EX2000 had the Essential Credentials, the Tops products had Refractors, so you could start to look at it there, I think. Yeah. Um, well, I think we should probably call it for now. And again, Can I? Do you have two minutes? Uh, which, yeah. of these, which of these sets do you like the look of the most that I put links in? Can you look at them real quick and tell me? Aesthetically, which ones you like the best? Well, I think I agree with you about the 61 Fleer was pretty awesome. The 69, I think I agree with you about just the tall boy look. I don't like it as much. 57's a bit dull in my opinion. Yeah, it, but I think the fact that it is in the 50s, I mean, there's yeah. something really cool about that. But as far as the, just the pure look of it, it's uh, pretty dated look there. 88, 89. That it's a lot more modern looking card, I guess you could say, compared to those other ones. It's still not really in the modern era of cards yet. Yeah. But that's a nice look though. The 88, yeah. 89 Fleer. So it sounds like we're on the same page in terms of 61 being the coolest, and then probably 86 after that of the big vintage sets. I actually probably prefer 86 over all these other ones personally but yeah i'd probably put 61 fleer uh second as far as the look goes of these okay. vintage sets cool so it's been fun talking to you camden i think maybe next week we'll see maybe we'll consolidate all our lists and come up with a final list potentially if we're ready for that yeah and uh if everybody also feel free to email us with any questions or feedback uh tell us what you want to hear more about we'd love to just hear from you nasdaqindex at gmail.com yep and send us faxes as well <laughs> all right have a good one everybody bye we'll see you bye